You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. Hey guys, how are you doing? This is Krista. And I'm Lindsay. So glad you're here. Not sure how you found us, but it's always synchronistic and Mm -hmm. we're we're glad you chose almost 30 i know there's a lot of podcasts out there but yeah we're just down to have very real honest conversations and hopefully make you feel less alone yeah i've been doing this since 2016 baby yo it was not the same it was not the same (laughs) not the same terrain out there it was not the the same out there for sure it was closet floors it was a big old mess Mm -hmm. man our old photo on the front it was just like I think your friend did our old photo on the front of us. Yeah. The very first photo. Oh my gosh. Our cover art for our 2016 podcast was Lindsay and I in costume. (laughs) In costume. We were 20. Maddie did the splat one. My best friend did like the, like a little splat, almost 30. I was wearing like a a flat, a flat brim hat, a bathing suit with jean shorts and a see-through jacket. And I I think it was a fake Supreme hat. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Justin's. Oh, okay. Then it was real. But I think I have a fake Supreme one. Mm-hmm. I, I was also wearing a bathing suit top. I don't know what was up. I don't know why. No. It was crazy. <laughs> it was just so. It was so different. And now it's we. And now with the new art, it took us forever. And we were like, no photos, cartoons, please. <laughs> next, it's like no cartoons, just words, please. Just, yeah. On, no, literally, the next iteration is no cartoon, just words, <laughs> just words. Well, it's just it, it's. It, it points to the fact that we're all like evolving always. And so like t- you can't be the one thing for that long. Same. So that's why branding sometimes is is so funny and a shame that you can do all this work to brand something. And then a year later, you're like, I'm over it. Hate Next. It. That's like photos. If anyone takes photos or any project that you do, you're like, wow. That's what. And then a week later, you're like, what? I know. What? I hate that. I know. <laughs> that's been every single thing. Ever. Yeah. My mom was like going through some some weird, you know, photo box or something. And I used to like... She loves memories. She loves memories. And I used to do like full on makeovers of me and my sisters using just the most random makeup that I would pick up at the drugstore and create like these like crazy designs on our faces and everything. The memory was so vivid to me because I remember taking those photos and just feeling (laughs) smoldering. So amazing. Like so good. And like just, (laughs) and it's hilarious because I, you know, whatever. But yeah, to that point of just being like, Wow, uh-huh. like, this is the best I've I got a look. I remember we went on a cruise mm-hmm. as a family. And we went on a cruise and I was like, wanted a French braid. My mom didn't know how to French braid my mm. hair. So I paid this, we paid this woman like $20 on the cruise ship to French braid my hair. And I had my hair in French braid for four years. <laughs> Swear to God. I thought I was like, I remember just like walking backwards because I wanted people to see my fucking French <laughs> yeah. braid. And then I put this big so. flower clip at the bottom. So it was like a French braid and a huge flower clip. I was like, I feel like Belle. Oh my God. Totally the Belle. I literally felt like Belle. And then, you know, we went to an island and I got my bangs braided. Of course. As you do and had it in for four years. Bangs braided. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Bangs braided. My sister was like, I'll just do like a a piece. I'm like, I'll do the bangs. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so funny because it's like you go back to school when you're in whatever grade and and you're like, hey. Oh, that is the day. And then your bang beads are jingling and they're like what that is the day that first day of school i just remember like weeks before mm-hmm. you you'd find out who your teacher was then check in those, with your friends check with your friends on who's AIM. in my class i was always in the principal's son's class 
Hmm. It kind of freaked me out. Anyway. Kind of pervy. Uh, Really? Actually, I think so. And uh, yeah, it would be like the anticipation. And then the week before we'd have to, you know, my mom's like, okay, we'll go to whatever store. I would just dread it because I always wanted to just go to like Deb or Limited Two, Limited Two, baby, or Delia's, and she's like, no. I remember one year, my I went to summer school. I was a little behind one year, <laughs> and my mom sent me to summer school and to like convince me to go to summer school. She's like, we can buy an outfit from Limited Two, and I bought these Say like no more. rainbow shorts and like this rainbow top, and it was like so cheaply made. It was embroidered and it itched my it itched my chest and it gave me a rash. Do you remember the shirts with like the like the heavy, uh, oily, like almost like an oily sticker, but like on yes. your shirt. Yes. And it would like stick to you when it was warm. Yeah. It was <laughs> we were just like, yeah, this is dope. This is dope. Where was like the organic clothing that like- Honestly. <laughs> well, oh, it's hello? from almost, yeah. Oh, let me, let me do a little lead in. <laughs> anyway, we have a lot going on at almost 30. I'm um, sure you guys do too. I'm sure you do too. And uh, honoring that and always here for, to talk about anything and everything. We, you know, one thing that we have coming up that we're really excited about. And I think, you know, it's important not only that we tell you because we're excited, but because you inspired it. Um, we have our Almost 30 Apparel coming out. And we worked with a dear friend of ours, Danny of Daisy LA, who is a multifaceted artist. Honestly. She is just so impressive in every way, um, whether she's creating actual pieces of art or clothing, um, designing spaces, painting murals. Like she's just... She's a Renaissance woman. And it was really a joy to work with her on these pieces because, you know, we told her, we're like, this is who our community is. Like, they are just so thoughtful and conscious and they support one another. And um, and so she created these designs with, you know, what we told her in mind. And I'm, I'm proud. I think they're really, really rad. And what's great about the line is that it's eco-friendly, it's sustainable, it's organic cotton, it's slow fashion, it's made in LA. Her her care that she takes with everyone that she works with and her production process is very thoughtful. And yeah, I just, I, we felt so, so good working with her and felt so good about this line. And our packaging is eco-friendly as well. So it's recyclable. No issue is the bomb. We found no issue and just knew like, this is where our packaging is coming from, the tissue, the stickers. And it's great because they're sustainable, as I said, and you can also fully customize your order. So with designs and graphics, yeah. uh, low it, order like, minimums. It was the perfect, it was like the cherry on top of the whole process because, you know, to have that part of the process be super clean where you're paying everyone for wages, it's organic, non-toxic, size inclusive, all that. And then to have the packaging, it wouldn't have been right if it, it would have been fine, but it just wouldn't have felt as good to know Mm -hmm. that like with new issue, everything is recyclable. We have stickers and the uh, wrap or the tissue paper is like the dopest design. It's insane. Like when you get your package, it looks so (laughs) good. And then it's also, you know, reusable, you can compost it um so it just really fits in perfect and and is perfect for our ethos we've loved working with new issue we were able to make it all come to life in such a beautiful thoughtful way so it's been awesome and what's cool any order that you make with no issue they plant trees in places that need trees which is really cool but if you're looking for packaging eco-friendly no issue.co in case you're interested but yeah merch is is on the way Mm -hmm. so stay tuned for that special launch yes we cannot wait and then we have the new paradigm workshops going on so you can check the website we have natalie miles happening the intuition activation and then we added a new special one Mm -hmm. all about aliens all about aliens and abductions uh with brie melanson so she's someone that is uh done we've done spiritual work with brie we've had her on the podcast she is a channeler and she is a co and um, she's going to do some channeling of the Palladians or Arturians. And so we're going to hear about her abductions and we're going to get a channeled message from the cosmos, which is going to be incredible. She's never talked about her abductions before. So this is going to be awesome. I love the, mm-hmm. I love the gamut of our new paradigm series. Same. It's Same. amazing. And what's cool is that you can access it from any, like anywhere yes. in the world. So, you know, 
if you've been following almost 30 for a while, we did so many in-person events over the span of, you know, two and a half years. And then obviously with everything that's going on with COVID, couldn't do that. And it's been just a joy to connect with you guys virtually and be able to have these incredible people uh, teach us so, so much. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. Uh, we're really pumped on the podcast today. We have Allie Love. The beautiful. The beautiful, the powerful, the, the like, talented, the loving. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. She walks into a room. I'm like, oh, help, uh-huh. help me. <laughs> I feel like Jesse from Full House. I'm like, have mercy. I know. <laughs> She's the CEO of Love Squad. She's a host. She is a Peloton instructor. And when I say that, like she's the... Peloton mm-hmm. instructor. Her and, Robin. Her and Robin are like, and she's a TEDx speaker, Adidas global ambassador and model. And she's just incredible human being. Like mm-hmm. one of those people that sees you for who you are, supports yep. you fiercely. And, you know, we met her in New York this past October, which was a blast and got to do this interview in person. And I just felt like I had known her forever. I know. There's video component to this too. Mm-hmm. So we were able to capture this all in video, which is really exciting. So you can watch it on YouTube if you want to watch it there. And I really liked this because we talked about you know, what it means to be a boss. That's like one of her things is talking about bossing up and it's really owning your power. So stepping into your power, being who you are all the time. And um, we talked about her faith, which I really love. It's, It's so funny. Like the more I get into consciousness and spirituality. Like I just love talking about faith with people. So it was really a beautiful conversation to talk about that as well. Mm -hmm. And it's just fun. I think, you know, for us to sit down and just be able to connect with someone that one we've never met before, but that we've admired for a while and have real conversations is just something that you know, I think we take for granted sometimes. And especially now that we can't be with each other in person with everything that's going on in the world. I just want to like encourage people, even if you can't see others, like get together virtually, you can have like really deep, meaningful conversations. I just remember feeling so good after we left Allie and it's possible with people that you know really well or that you don't. So um, AllieLove.com, A-L-L-Y love.com. And you can also join her love squad, visit lovesquad.com. Love it. Enjoy this one. We will see you on the other side. Again, you can watch this for video on YouTube. And yeah, we'll see you on the other side where we'll read a review from the community. Bye, everyone. Bye. We were saying here in New York, we lived here before. And I got to the point in New York, because as women in general, it's just like cat call city, right? And I got to the point where I was like, fuck you. Like people would be like, say something nice. I'm like, fuck. And then now coming back, I'm like, this is kind of nice. Literally. <laughs> you're LA? like, oh, I needed in this In LA, little... you ain't shit. Yeah. You ain't <laughs> shit. Literally. And it's like, dudes don't, <laughs> dudes don't hit on girls, look at girls, talk to girls. It's just like a different energy. They hit and, on themselves. Yeah. And it, yeah oh, 100%. wow. And here it was just nice. Like people were like, what's up? It's like, hey. Like, Hello. Well, you know what's interesting is that I don't find that I get a lot of cat calls, which is great because I feel like times are changing a little yes. bit more, which is awesome. But I do feel like I get authentic, like woman to woman, like, hey girl, I like oh. those shoes or yes. your hair looks great. Like one of those thoughtful comments of, of like, this looks great and here's why. Yes. So no, not every time I walk out, people are like, you're so beautiful, which would be great for my confidence <laughs> on those days that you like, don't feel it. Yes. But I do, I do have to say like New York, we all are, we create a culture where it's like you will get a compliment and it does make you feel good. And it's like a genuine compliment from like a peer or a yes. coworker or just like a fellow, like let's boss, you know? Yeah, like boss babe. Boss what babe. do you do on days when you don't feel confident? I pray a lot. So that's a, and, and many people, you know, many people meditate mm-hmm. and some people are saying that it's the same thing. So I pray. And then I also write sticky notes to myself. I really write down things of like what I need to hear. Um, and most times I always tell people this. Anytime you need something, it's more important that you give it away. So if I'm feeling not my best, then I probably give people compliments Mm. if I'm feeling crappy. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I I give what I need because what ends up happening is it's a circle. You give it and someone gives it right back. And so I don't give it to get, but when I know that I need it and I give it, I feel like I'm doing something just because I know how it feels to want that thing. So yeah, that's what I kind of do. Not to jump right in, but I guess here we go. Yeah. The, you know, you mentioning prayer and just kind of like, 
I, I heard you talk about this on another podcast about your faith and being quote unquote public about it. It's like an interesting thing to think about, like in this Instagram day and age. And, you know, if you're talking about Jesus and like what people are going to assume or think. So I would kind of love to, to start there and talk about that like faith journey. Has it been wavering? Has it been always kind of like a cornerstone of who you are? Totally. Thank you for opening up that conversation. So it, I had this conversation last night to a girl who came to a Love Squad event and she was just like, how was, how is your faith and how did, how did you become public about it? And it was similar to what your question is in terms of at nine years old, I got hit by a car and I almost died. And I've shared this before. I'm not really public about this story all the time, but this is where God comes in and my founding finding of Jesus. My mom was there and it was a pretty bad accident at a young age and I was waiting for a pin to come from overseas to be put in a hip because not many young kids break their hips, usually old people. So they only had adults. And she, I was on the hospital bed and basically she was like, you need to pray to God if you want to live. Like I cannot trade places with you. I cannot save your life. And it's not looking good. And if you want to live, you have to choose life and you have to pray about it. You have to ask God to save your life. And she's like, I'm praying, but do what? And if you don't want to live, and she gave me the option, if you don't want to live, that is your choice. And so I'm not sure, again, I, I think about that. I'm not sure that it's something that I naturally as a parent would have given a nine-year-old, but it was definitely the best decision um, opportunity my mom provided for me in terms of making a decision at that age. And I prayed and after, being, after going through that and obviously recovering and surviving and eventually about a year later becoming a dancer and saying, you know what, I'm going to pursue dance and moving to New York and going to college and school for dance and using my body in a way that it said that the doctor said well, I would never use it. I know it was only by the grace of God. And so I studied theology in college. I wanted to know why we would believe. Why do people believe different things? And why is it a point of contention? And why is it so hard? And these stigmas of if I say, hey, I believe in Jesus Christ, people are like, oh, that girl is crazy. Or, you know, you get these, this kind of stigma. And so I studied it in school and I realized one of the things that's beautiful about a coming out story is that it's unique to everyone and your coming out story can look any way. And one of the things that I, I pride myself on is everyone is, has a seat at the table and you should share your story. And a part of my story is God. It's a part of who I am. And so, yes, I talk about, I don't meditate, I pray. If you meditate, yes, that's your that's yours and, and it's good and you have a seat at the table. And whatever you're going through and however you handle it is appropriate for you and it's welcome. And so I really, really am open about it. It was a little, I was a little nervous because I did know what comes along with that the stereotypes, um, the questions of, well, that means you don't accept me. I never said that. Maybe you said that. Well, your faith, it's, and I think that we get so caught up on what things used to look like and we don't want people to think about what we should be that we end up kind of putting each other in a box. And like, it's almost, it's almost like, I don't want, people are like, I don't want labels, but here's my label. Mm, right? Yes, that's and a it's good like, one. Yeah, yeah, so I think that that's how I talk about it. It's like, I am an inclusive person and this is what I believe and this is what carries me through. This is what fills me up. And whatever fills you up and carries you through, I want you to keep doing that as well. Yeah, and the faith thing's interesting too. Like when you talk about the labels and you talk about the stereotypes, it's like from growing up, I grew up Catholic. So the labels and stereotypes that I had were that, angels and Jesus was like separate from, like I didn't mm -hmm. feel like it was accessible to me. So kind of evolving to a place where I know that angels are accessible to me. I know that Jesus can come through me. I know that Jesus can reach me and, you know, reach people that I love or be like a part of many people's lives. That's been like really profound. Like the understanding that I had of it previously and that people might have of you as it relates to the stereotype they put on you regarding your love of Jesus or your faith is like out of date. Absolutely. Again, it's, it's one of those things like you want to have, you want to be curious about things. And so asking questions and being open and having those conversations and also taking back the power that you have the, you are in a position to reshape what things look like, what women, how women act, the label of woman, you get to own it if that's how you identify as a, you know, as a believer, you get to own it and, and talk about those things and reshape those misconceptions because you get to breathe it, live it and show and match your action and, and words. And I think that that is something that, yeah, that's my pursuit. That's my purpose on this earth is, is all the stereotypes that you think about me when I walk in a room or what, and that's why I talk about the basics of bossing up. We have this connotation of boss, someone who's in charge and who has people reporting to them and who has 
everything together. And it's like, no, 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 no. A boss sets the standard, establish the tone. I get to redefine those words and the definition because they are who I am, because I choose them. Same thing with being a believer. So I think that that's, there's power in that and being able to redefine things. Definitely. Having grace, like as you and other people evolve, you know, I think is so so powerful to kind of be aware when that's happening. There was something you mentioned previously that I really loved. It was like the the label of a woman because we were talking about the label of faith. What do you think is the current um, label of a woman today? I think we're still figuring that out because as we become more like gender fluid, gender neutral, like all of these things, I think people are in a new, we're in a new time where we're still figuring that out. And I think the beauty of it is how you identify is what you get to choose how you want to be called or how you want to be labeled or what box you want to check or if you want to check any box at all. And I think this era of redefinition is important. And that's what I mean. Like that's, that's where the power is. And so for me as a woman, I can, and I identify as woman and you know, as a woman, I feel like a woman is a boss and I don't normally say like boss babe or girl boss because being a boss isn't identified as a certain gender or something like that. Being a boss just means setting the standard, establishing the tone. So as a woman, you get to walk in the room. You don't need to follow rules because you set standards. You establish a tone by, hey, I want to be positive. I want to inspire people. I want to motivate them. I want to make them feel good by your energy, by how you talk, how you sound. And so you you can take that power back and say, this is how I identify and this is what I want to do with that. And um, I think it's beautiful because even being a woman, it's not just one thing or one way. You know, and I think we're all learning those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the redefinition is understanding that we're not just one thing. Yeah, multifaceted. Me. Yeah, that we're like a hundred things. And I just think about with our platform and even just like showing up online, it's like hard for me at points because I'm interested in so many things. It's like, I feel like I don't do myself a service by sharing all the things I'm interested in. But then I have to remember that I am like three-dimensional and that there is going to be so many aspects of you and you and and all of us as women. When you say, just when you keep saying set the standard, like I want to know for the women that listen, for them, like how could they apply that feeling and sentiment? Because I know what you mean when you come in a room, you can tell, like you set the standard for how people are going to treat you and how you're going to be received. How could women actually apply that to their lives? So one of the things that we'll say is important to understand that setting the standard and confidence are two different things, right? So we kind of get conflated of putting everything under this umbrella of confidence. And it's so ambiguous that you just don't know. You're like, well, how do I find confidence? In order to set the standard, I probably have to be loud. I probably have to. And then we, again, associate being loud and being big and being on brand for something or looking good as like confidence. Confidence is knowing your value. Your value is what you have to offer. It's your output. So understanding what you uniquely have to offer is your confidence, right? So when you come in to set the standard, you know your value in terms of what you're offering. So when you walk in a room, that is you setting the standard of your highest output. So I get it. Like I want to offer positivity. That's what I have to offer as Allie Love. When I walk in a room, I know I have a lot of energy. It's natural energy. And that's what I, that's my value set. And so that's what I can set a standard of. What does it feel like in a room when you're at work, when you're with your family? What does positive, positivity look like and feel like? And that's you setting the standard. The way you act and the way you not only internalize, but externalize that word in your actions and your verbiage is basically you setting a standard of positivity. If you're setting a standard of being a boss, same thing. And you use these words all the time. Like subconsciously, we kind of just say the words that we are quite a bit. When people are like, yeah, chill out, chill out, chill out. That's you. Like you're such a chill. It's probably because you're a chill out person. And so you train people how to think about you. That's, I talked about this today around branding. You train people how to think about you, how to speak about you by the words that you use about yourself. And so when you walk in the room and you set a standard, you're teaching people, hey, here's my value add. And this is what I love about myself and uniquely I'm offering and feel good. And so while it is separate than confidence, it's connected and there's a correlation, but it doesn't mean that it's all you. That's all That's all you are. Mm-hmm. Was there a moment or season when you knew you had to establish this for yourself and then obviously share it with other women like the standard and I think I was trying to figure it out and I'm still in this phase of figuring out if anyone's listening and they and I sound like I have it together I'm going to be super transparent I don't I don't and I think that I've 
what we do very well, us three sitting here, is that we speak a lot. We have conversations with quite a lot of people. So we actually sound good because we've said some of the same things over and over and over. Mm-hmm. No, and, and that's so true. <laughs> and that's great because we, new ears are listening right yeah, now. So they, they want to hear these things. But don't get caught up in a great sentence or a great word or a great tagline, right? And I think that, yes, I'm trying to figure it out, but it's through conversation. And I, this is a core value of who I am. The catalyst of change is through conversation. And so that's where I am in in my life. I don't have it all together. I'm still figuring it out. Mm -hmm. So in this is always evolving. I'm learning through conversation and that's the power of what we're doing right now. So thank you for what you do and for having me. Oh my gosh, of course. I love that. I think that speaks to so much what you do with Love Squad you know, making everything inclusive, making it accessible and providing a space for women and people of the community to come together because of, and would you say that was attributed to an ability to have conversation openly and honestly? It actually was birthed out of a need and a lack of resources. So, I mean, living in a big city or even in a small city, wherever you're living and you're listening, access to information is expensive. To go to a great school, we already know is expensive. To be a part of a group or to go to some of those workshops or conferences, it, it comes at a large price. And that's access to information. That's access to networking, especially living in New York City. When I moved here or went to college and I was like, okay, what am I doing with my life? I was completely lost and I didn't have unlimited resources to go to make these connections and to access this information. So Love Squad was birthed out of a sheer need and, and trying to bridge a gap. I want to make information because information can, again, be the catalyst of change. And I want it to make it accessible to women like me or people like me where, hey, I don't have the means at this point in my life, but I want to do better. I want to know better. I want to make some connections. So creating and holding space. And so I started just basically, I called every, like not called everyone, but I put out a call to action. Like if you want to meet me and listen to me talk about the things I've been writing about on this random blog called lovesquad.com, come. And 50 people showed up with a 75 person wait list. We could only hold 50 people. You know, I had no money for this. And I was like, well, maybe there's something here. And all I did was talk. I talked about how it felt to press news in the morning, how it felt to not understand what the next step of your career is. I felt, I talked about, hey, how did I got that job? I, you know, I host for the Nets. Here's how I got it. Offering information and insight of how you do it all. What does your day look like is so important to give people tools, really tangible tools that they can implement. And so that's where Love Squad was birthed and how it's founded and kind of how it evolved into what it is. I think it's so important for women to feel that free flow of sharing, like in their experience, instead of kind of holding what works close to them so that there's that competitive feeling, you know, which ultimately just holds us back from experiencing like the fullness of, you know, the success. So what have you seen in the transformations in the community in Love Squad? Actually, last night at a Love Squad event, it was beautiful. One of the call to actions at every Love Squad event, what I do, we always have notebooks and pens and papers and all that stuff because I always believe in a neuromuscular connection, your mind to your body. When you write things down, you're making, there, there's a, um, you're setting some memory to what you're doing, right? Your hand is moving, your mind is going, a neuromuscular connection. And so last night, one of the call to actions outside of writing the, uh, the exercise down and writing certain, I would basically pose questions and writing certain answers that were very individual was that instead of crying, trying to fit in when you go in and network and crowdsource for your business, why don't you create a group of friends? Why don't you create a group? Why don't you create your own love squad? And if you meet someone at this event, ask them to go to another event next week. Say, hey, we met at this event. And so I gave them tools on one, how to talk to someone Literally, like here's a sentence. You go up and say, hey, my name is, and I saw you at this event and I follow you on social or I, you know, I started following you on social and you love cats and dogs and there's an event next week around cats and dogs. And I'd love if you're interested, if you'd be my buddy and go with me, I need someone to go to it. And it seems like it's up your alley. Ha ha, pun intended. Um, (laughs) And so what ends up happening is I was like, that's your call to action. And I said, maybe you ask someone at this particular event to create a little micro community. So you have a group to hang out with. With it to go to these things. And literally at the end, a group of five girls came up and said, we took your advice. We don't know each other. And next week, one of the girls in the group said that there was an event and we all decided we're going to connect. We had a conversation and we're going to go together. And so that's what it takes. It's like making those connections in real time is really, really important. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I love too that you're not so focused on like just feeding your group 
like you want to support other groups because a lot of people would be like, come to our event next week, Mm -hmm. you know, and not be like, find other events. It's like staying within the nucleus of what you've created. So I think that's super powerful. I really love that. There was something that I really want to talk about that you, I watched on your Instagram was about giving and receiving feedback, giving and getting feedback, which I like love. And I am just... (laughs) I just am all ears for your thoughts. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, we're learning. We're learning. I'm just, what are my thoughts on giving and getting feedback? I want more of it, but I'm scared. That isn't very natural. That you is, be- that's a beautiful position to be in. Thank you. One, kudos to you. Like I pay homage to the fact that you said you're scared. Most people won't admit fear around feedback. Yeah. This, this is one of my favorite topics. Think of it this way. Feedback, you can think of it as someone providing you critiques, constructive criticism, or most importantly, when you're building a business, crowdsourcing. Crowdsourcing is where you allow your customer, your public, your following to give you information that they experience from your brand. And your brand is sometimes in our case, us. And so what is that hard line is when someone is giving you feedback that hurts your feelings. And so one, I don't believe in unsolicited feedback. So I don't think if you're not asking for feedback, you're in a position in someone giving you unsolicited feedback, you want to call that out and say Mm -hmm. like, I appreciate your feedback. And maybe next time, you know, what we can do is create a dialogue where when I do need some help, I'll reach out to you. Or when I do need some feedback or some direction, I'll reach out to you. Love that. Yeah. What would you say though? Sorry to interject Mm -hmm. on that. Like if you are like a public figure, figure like you are, you know, getting feedback from your community. Are you, if there's any negative quote unquote, or like critiquing, critiquing you, do you say something like that? Or is it just kind of like, don't respond? I actually give them before when I notice it. I mean, being a public figure, as you all know, comment sections can run rampant on any channel. And while people may meet well because they're like, they don't know this about themselves. They need to hear this. Allie needs to know that she talks way too much and too fast. She needs to hear it because I'm making her better. I can always try to put it like, okay, they probably think they're doing something well, but what they're doing when they give me unsolicited feedback is also feedback in itself. I'm not providing them a space to give me solicited feedback. And that's really how we grow our business and our brand. Biannually, I put on Facebook, I put on Instagram, like I put the little question box on my box on my Insta story and say, give me feedback. What do you think? What am I providing that you love? Because you know, I, I I really need to make sure that I'm not just asking for all of the <laughs> hate. The love, yeah, <laughs> you know, I know myself too. Um, what do you love? What am I missing? And what do I need to do better for you? And as public figures, yes, we do hold responsibility towards our community. It's really important. And so if someone's giving you, uns- or many people are giving you unsolicited feedback, it's it's really truly feedback in itself that you want to create a space of like, hey, biannually, I'm going to call for feedback and I want to hear from you. Now, when it comes to the hard feedback, here's the only thing I will say. There's good feedback and there's bad feedback. Most people think bad feedback is feedback that hurts my feelings. No, that's actually good feedback. If someone is saying something that hurts your feelings, one, you want to ask yourself, is this true? So be honest and open. Is this true? If you think that this feedback hurts your feelings for the sake of hurting your feelings, bounce it off of a sounding board, a confidant, a friend, a family member. Do do I ever, am I like, Mm -hmm. they said this, don't give them the whole story where you amp them up and like this mean person, just just Mm -hmm. trash blanket. Yeah. Just like call them out. (laughs) You want to, yeah, you want to ask, well, you really want to ask someone like, hey, am I like this? Do I ever do this? Are there situations? So you can kind of, whatever. Here's bad feedback. Bad feedback is when people give you feedback and you're like, I'm confused. I have no idea what you're saying. It's just when you're when you don't understand. That's bad bad feedback. And if you're in a workplace or you're an employee or employer, make sure you're going back and asking questions like, "Hey, you said this. Hey, um, this is you know what I've been trying to do. I read. Always read." look up things. So whatever the topic is of the feedback, look up, read some articles, have a a sticky point where you're like, an expert said this. You said, I think I'm doing, an expert said this. Can you help me reconcile this? So that you get a tangible roadmap. Same thing from your community. If people are, I mean, I get some things and I still remember them. They still stick with me. But when I sit in a quiet space by myself, I'm going to be completely honest. Yes, it does hurt my feelings. But I would say 99% of the time, the feedback is something that can help me be better. Totally. It's something that I 
needed to hear that I didn't want to hear. Maybe they said it wrong. I'm not going to fault them. I'm not going to block mm-hmm. them because I'm a public figure. And I, I, I want to be the change that I keep saying that everyone should be, right? I want to be an example. And being an example is really hard, y'all. It comes with a price and a cost. And and that doesn't mean that I get to only do the good and like, oh, I only want to be around people that are like me because then what are you doing? You are now being a separatist. You are, are now only putting yourself in a space where everything is good, everything's good. And in any relationship where it's good all the time, you know that ain't right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to have some good fights. You have to have some dissonance. You have to, that's what it means to, Draw real grow connection. Yeah. And grow. Did that help? Keep yeah. pressing. Keep asking. I know. Me. <laughs> I won't. Oh, just kidding. But everyone's like, our team is like, we should do a survey. I'm like, I'm good. Like, be- I'm not, I'm good because we should. But for me, it's like, it would stress me out because it would be something else for me to do. Like if the community was like, oh, you guys should like do more YouTube or something. It would be like, oh my God. Like I already feel like I have so much that it would like stress me out because I want to appease them so much. But that being said, the community has given us invaluable feedback that has shaped our entire business and more importantly, like my personal growth and like the work we do now with Aaron Rose, our coach around so much of what we do has been inspired by them. So I'm so appreciative of it, but there is a part of me that's like, I feel like I want to be just like a pillar rather than like moved by so much feedback all the time. So I think the container that you talk about is so important. Mm-hmm. And I think compartmentalizing feedback, yeah. not all feedback is applicable right now. You can't, yeah. but yeah, yeah. If you apply 100%. everything that everyone gives you going to change and be something different. Exactly. So compartmentalize it, prioritize what's important now and then say, go ahead and then put the other stuff in a, bo- a bucket and say, Oh, we probably can revisit this feedback yeah. in six months. Do we need to? And if you're getting like, yes, of the 700 or 10,000 comments, if, 85% of it is like, we need more YouTube. Then you want to be yeah. democratic in there, like in that, in your approach and give the community what they need. And you're like, yeah. oh, I would have never thought of that. But yeah. 75% is saying that. But if you get that one or, you know, two, and you're like, oh, I would like more of this. You're like, great, I'll put that at the bottom of the list. When yeah. we're, that's why I do biannually. Getting through the list is hard. Yes. You circle back in three months and you say, do it oh. by yourself or with a team? Um, with my team and by myself. Okay. I will also do it with my friends, y'all. Good Tell one. me more. I sent out a group text and I'm like, okay, I need some feedback. Or sometimes we'll be out. Like I was with my friends at a Celine Dion concert. Ooh, Celine Dion <laughs> oh, is wait, next to God Yes. Oh my God. I, I said it to my best friend's life. Instagram. I was like, this, this would be like a pinnacle for me. Like Honestly. I fucking love Celine. No, if my ears could cry, they would be sobbing. <laughs> oh my God. She's, I don't know. She sounds amazing. You know what's uh, so weird know. is she has like seven or eight brothers and sisters and none of them have the voice like she. My dad mm-hmm. always says, he's like, you know what? Voices are from angels because See? Celine Dion, none of them in her family sings like her. <laughs> oh my <weird>? gosh. <laughs> I, I had to apologize to the people at the concert because I was trying to sing like her and you know it I wasn't working because I can't sing at all. I love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, oh no. Oh my God, that's um, amazing. But I do ask my friends, yes. That's asking really your friends of one. like, yeah, what do you think about me? How and most times I shape the feedback in terms of like what I need. Like how am I out? How am I out when we're having a good time? Like give me some constructive feedback or when we're working together. How was I on set? How was I in that interview? When you listen to my podcast, what did I say that I like can you give mm-hmm. me some feedback? And sometimes yeah, it is hard to hear. They're like, "Yeah, you could do this or you that was weird. That was inauthentic. I would have never I've known you for so long. I would in Again, that's also hard to hear, but it's helpful. I maybe love maybe that. they can give like one piece of feedback and then one like definitely positive thing. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> do, the sa- do the sandwich approach. Yeah, two that's positives, a- one constructive. <laughs> yes. I love that. The sandwich. As you've like just continued to evolve and up level, has it been challenging with either family or friends as like your lifestyles kind of change and they don't align anymore? Oh yeah. I learned probably this the hard way. Uh, but what I will do, I, I have seasons, right? So basketball season is a thing and busy season for Peloton is a thing. Busy season for love squad is a thing. And so seasonally what I've learned is to create a cadence and be communicative around that cadence. And what I mean by that is like, Hey friends, it's January 1st on 2020. I saw you a lot in the winter. I will be MIA for the next three months because busy season for Nets, busy season for Peloton. I also need to spend time with my boyfriend, Andrew, because I was only hanging out with you before holiday. Mm -hmm. And I think that I do, I also had a group email like, Hey, uh, just FYI, not going to be here. Or, Hey, I need you to pray for me because I'm having a rough time. Like anything you would ask for their support. Same thing is like manage their expectations of how much you can be available. Or like, I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll for the next three months every night I'd like to see you I'm ready to go out I need to hit the club you know you want to make sure that you are including your friends as your business as your community as your responsibilities grow yes it's just yeah being like communicating with them I've 
try to, I've tried, I'm not, the, I'm not going to say I'm perfect because I'm only real. Um, but I do try my best to let everyone know like, hey, haven't talked. Sorry. Like my friends for Celine, I hadn't seen them all in 2020. I think that's I just, normal. Yeah. That's good. I was like, it's two months. I'm like, we're getting together. And yeah. they were like, no, we know you told us. <laughs> Yeah, we, like go. we got the email. We, we don't miss that. you. You're like, good. We don't miss you. <laughs> That's a good one. They heard you sing, and they're like, yeah, "We don't miss you." <laughs> like we can take another three month <laughs> break. <laughs> like maybe concerts aren't the thing. <laughs> I want to talk about like slowing down and finding peace and chaos. I love that video that you talked about because I felt like it is so relatable to so many women that were doing so much. Like when we talk about us being so dynamic and multi-passionate, it's like as the opportunities for women increase, the opportunity for us to burn out and the opportunity for us to take on more also increases. And I definitely am one of those people that falls victim to that. So how can people stay more peaceful in like the chaos and like the speed and pace of life that they're living? Wow. So I am right there with you, sister. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Literally. Mm-hmm. I, today I was like walking when you're coming, I was like feeling my feet on the ground. I'm like, <sighs> like taking a deep breath. Cause I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I literally was like pulling energy back towards me. Cause I feel like it's so forward that I need to just like, mm-hmm. I'm like trying to like Bring it back. Harness that. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that my approach personally, and again, it's not a one size fits all. I talk about being present a lot. And I know many people hear that. And it's like, what does that mean? It's like, okay, I do have to answer my emails. I do have to be mindful of my kids at school to watch my phone because, you know, they, they may need me or something may happen with my family. So I'm not saying like, get off your phone and just give yourself an hour date. Many people don't have the luxury of doing that at the time and season of their lives. But what I will say is whatever you're doing, how can you bring your whole self there? How can you be present and really, really connect? So that's one. Another thing that I've been working on in terms of, yes, I talked about it in the basics of bossing up, finding the peace in the middle of chaos, in the midst of chaos. This has like been a, I had a like revelation. I was listening to a pastor, one of my favorite pastors, Stephen Furtick. And I was like, he talked about frustration. It was like, you can free yourself of frustration. And I was like, I'm frustrated that you said that. I can't free myself of frustration. And I thought about it and it's exactly finding peace in the midst of chaos. You have the power to free yourself of frustration. Keep in mind, I didn't say you have the power of not getting frustrated. You're going to get frustrated. That's step one. Taking your power back in the midst of like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. I said yes too many times, but I really want to do this. I really want to, like you want to do everything. So stop getting frustrated that you overcommitted. Also stop getting frustrated that you're pushing your business forward. Stop getting frustrated because the Uber was late or whatever. Stop getting frustrated at those things. And maybe it's more of like, how can you free yourself instead of like getting down? Like, I need to stop getting frustrated. How can you recognize when you're frustrated and free yourself and say, okay, I recognize I'm frustrated. I have every right to be, but I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let that go. And maybe it's a few deep breaths. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's, again, I take out my post-it notes and I write some things, but I remind myself that's my power. My power is to let this go. And that to me is finding peace in the midst of chaos because the chaos is, most times the things that we've caused and because we put ourselves in position of maybe burning out or doing too many things because we want great things in life and it comes at a consequence and it comes at a cost. And if anyone else tells you otherwise, your dreams comes at a cost. And how much are you willing to pay for it? How much time, how much energy, relationships, arguments because you're not home enough, your kids not feeling like you're a great mom because uh, I chose work over them. And it's one of those things of allow yourself to be frustrated. Don't force it. Don't get upset that you, and then perpetuate the the frustration more by being frustrated by the frustration. Take your power back and let free yourself of that frustration. Recognize you're not perfect. You're not, some deadlines will not be missed. Some will, and yeah. that's okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I mean, that's what, again, it's, it's still very ambiguous because I, how I preempt this conversation, I'm still working through it. And it's through these types of conversations that I can dig a little deeper yeah, and figure it out. But I come back to me and come back to that value. Like I walk in a room and I get to provide positivity. And in the midst of chaos, I own that. That's my peace. And sometimes like the chaos involves like a lot of really positive things that come all at once. I'm kind of curious like how you discern the right timing for the right thing for you to focus on now. Because I think like, what I just am laughing. It's Here like this is a very personal question for me. Oh, okay. like, wait, why like personal? I, no, I feel like I'm. A, I would apply what you would say because I to feel like us, we're, yeah, I think we we're relate. going through this. Yeah, we totally relate. Where yeah. it's like it's such a blessing yes. to be in a position to have opportunity, you know, and 
like to try to avoid burnout, we don't want to say yes to everything. And I can imagine that you have opportunities by the dozens every single day. So it's how do you categorize what you're able to focus on and really want to put your heart into? Establishing a metric for success. So a very personal metric for success. Mm. And I think that that when you have a partnership as you beautifully do, both of you, it's one of those things is what is that, not unilateral metric for success, but what is, what is in the duality of both of you, what is that metric for success personally and professionally? Where is the intersection? <laughs> yeah. No, it could be, yeah, I'm making a lot of money. But how does that, and what I do is I start from the top. It's like, okay, and metric for success isn't like in five years, I want to do, I don't know where I'll be in five years. By God's grace, I'll be alive. How about that? But it's one of those things like no one's asking you to have the answer for years, but it's like, what's your metric for success right now? Do you want more speaking opportunities? Do you want more amazing guests? Mm -hmm. Do you want, and it's like your metric for success is if I get these people on this podcast for the, like within six months, that to me is a metric for, what are those tangible steps in terms, I mean, successful moments. And then you work backwards of like, okay, here's how I'm going to approach this. Right. And anything that does not lead to that direct path, I say no for now. For now, I think opportunities are like ex-boyfriends or ex-partners. They come back. Yeah. They all come yeah. back. Always. Sure. Yeah. So I, I think one of the- <laughs> <True>. th <laughs> The boyfriends, yeah. The ex-boyfriends. <laughs> Eight years ago, they all came back. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely- and trusting, like having the faith that it will come back if it's meant for you. Yeah. And I don't force it. Like we get yeah. so caught up in like, why do we have to say yes all the time? Like eh, you I don't know. have to. I mean, some emails, no offense, some people will send me an email and if it has a, not all the time, but like if I see like a flower in the subject, like partnership, I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I don't know why. I just didn't feel like flowers that day. Yeah. And it could be amazing partnerships, but saying no is it's, it's powerful yeah. because then it's a relationship and a friendship in terms of like, when you have best friends, you can't use best friends for everyone. Mm -hmm. You want your best friends to feel like they're best friends. When you have partnerships, you want your partnerships to feel like they are something. Yeah. You just don't say yes to everybody. You don't call partnerships on everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think establish a metric for success and short term and, and go after that. And everything else can be secondary. And they'll always want you back, just like the exes. I love that. Mm -hmm. I think the metric for success is like so yeah. relevant, especially for, and that can be applicable for us. That can be applicable for someone that's at a corporate job, mm -hmm. for someone that's a stay-at-home mom, for someone, you know, there's just so many aspects of life that that can be applicable to. But also it's like getting quiet to figure out your own metric for success and not looking at anyone else's. Because I think that's where people really get stuck is like the inauthenticity of applying someone else's metric for success to themselves. You know, I remember like a few years ago, I was like, oh, I run a run. I want to run a marathon. And then I was like, I don't care. Like I was like, <laughs> why did I say that? Like, I felt like it was like a standard New Year's resolution was like run a marathon. And I'm like, I don't care to run a marathon. So it was like really thinking about like, is this mine or is this someone else's I saw on Instagram? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what ends up happening. We see, it's like gluttony. You see something and you want it. Oh, I want to take a photo like that. Oh, I want to do this. I should start my own business. Stop shooting all over yourself. I should, I should, I should, I should. It's like, no, 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 no. What do you want? And then go after it. And that is the hardest question I will say. I'm not going to sit up here and sugarcoat it and make it so like generic. Like, yes, you should know what you want. It's hard to figure out. And I always talk about in trying to figure out what you want, ask yourself, who are you and who do you want to be? going in hand in hand. Who are you? Who do people see you as and who you want to be? Those are the three questions you ask yourself. And that's how you, that's the beginning to set your, your metric for success. Can you say those three one more time? Who are you? Mm -hmm. Who do you want to be? And who do people see you as? I love that. Last question for me is about mentors. I really love how you talk about mentors. And for a lot of people in our community, it may seem like if they live in a small town, you know, if they don't feel like they have access to big cities and a lot of people that they could interact with on a daily basis that inspire them. I'd love to hear about, you know, your thoughts on mentors, the importance and what they could do to find someone. So one of the things is I would love to reshape what we think of mentor, who a mentor is. A lot of us think like, okay, a mentor is someone who has it all together. They're on a higher level, whatever that looks like than me. Um, they have all the answers to the questions and I want to be like them. One, I want to move away from that idea. It can be something similar to that, but really move away from that. A mentor can be someone who is literally doing the exact same thing that you're doing, but differently and not in the exact same way. So you want to find people, and I said this last night at a, at a Love Squad event. I don't want to say this. This is not a negative 
saying, but low hanging fruit, you're still fruit, you're still providing, but low hanging fruit. I always think people forget when you're building a business, building a brand, or trying to figure out your life and answer those three questions, you forget about those people that you have access to. You think you have to reach out to someone that doesn't Mm -hmm. even know your name for you to take it to the next level. And the reality is that you want to be able to reach out to those people you have their information or that you met at an event that's in the same boat as you. You want to make those connections. Those people can mentor you in a different way capacity. And mentorship isn't just one person. It can happen. You can have hundreds of mentors and you don't have to call them like this one person is my mentor because it looks good or it sounds good. You can have a mentor for a season. This person is helping you with their podcast. You're meeting with them a couple, you know, once a week for the next month because they're giving you insight on how to build a podcast or what's the next step in terms of, you know, creating an apparel line. That is someone who's mentoring you. They're offering you information and insight that is similar to what you need or on the same level or similarly of what you need to get your business or to get yourself or to take those next steps. So I think we think of mentorship being like grandiose. And then I want to flip the script a little bit. I'd ask you this. If you need a mentor, are you being a mentor? Like that's an honest question. And it's like, well, I don't have anything to offer. Yeah, you do. Because you are in a position where you're questioning everything. And if you can open up dialogue to someone and say, I have these questions and they have similar questions, you can work through it together. That is what mentorship looks like. Mm -hmm. You think it looks like uh, someone, a leader in your following. That's not, it's conversation. It's the passing of information. It's a sharing of experience. It's receiving and, and giving knowledge. And I think that that's one of the things that I've, when I look at and hear about mentorship, it's like, let's stop looking at it as that like old stylistic way of like yeah. you're at work and you know, so-and-so is going to be your mentor. Yeah. You like formally request. Yeah. yeah. You're like, I'm so nervous to ask to be my mentor. And it's like, you don't just like, and hey, here's, I always, I'm really big about how to's. If you want someone to be in your life and you're like, okay, but they are out of reach. I always say, quote them. Slide in DMs. Hey, I know you're going to slide in my DMs right now. <laughs> you were like, and I'm going to Ally Miss Love right now. Slide in DMs and say, hey, you were on the Almost 30 podcast and you said this. I thought that was amazing. I applied it to my life like this. Give an antidote. I applied it like this. Here was the result. I want to thank you. If there is a next step, please, I'd love to hear. Give me an opportunity to invest in you. That's mm-hmm. mentorship. Invest in you by making it easy, giving me that information and asking me one question. Not like, what do I do next? What's my, what is the meaning of life? Hey, what's my life? Yeah. But, yeah <laughs> like, how can I be like you? What's, hey, what's the next step? I, that's it. Like, what's the next step? And now I'm invested. And then you come back and say, hey, did that next step? Don't say thank you. I also like, that was the conversation stop. Same thing when you send an email at work. Hey, you heard you in a meeting. You said this, loved it. I shared it with my team. This was the response. I'd love to know how you reconcile this and this because I'm thinking of doing this next. Would you, yes or no? And they'll be like, yes. That's all you need is a yes. Circle back and be like, hey, took that yes. Thank you. This happened. Now we got a dialogue and that person doesn't even know that you're a mentor, yeah. but they're invested. Yeah. I you love know? that. Last question for me, your boyfriend? Yeah. Long term. Long term. Yeah. Is he fine? Huh? Is he fine? I thought you said, is he fine? Yeah. Okay. So I heard, I, I had, he's fine. that was my, yes, that's, that's my the question. <laughs> question so I heard, I heard this and this is my opportunity to do this. The answer, short answer is yes, but give me a, give me a second to put this in so I can sound even better. When I think about my boyfriend and how to describe him to anyone who's listening, he's a vibe. Oh, I say, feel that. Say no more. I heard someone I say that, that and I was like, yo, that's my man right there too. <laughs> he's a vibe. Like he's it. a vibe. I mm. love it. What do you love Tasty. most about him? And what have you learned being in a long-term relationship at, during this period where I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's been like your biggest growth as like a human. Yeah. Um, he's my secret weapon. Mm-hmm. So that's what I say. Yeah. Yeah. I say Justin, my fiance is my unfair advantage. Yeah. I think I do have an unfair advantage having Andrew as my boyfriend. I mean, the inside, the information, the conversation that happens at home is, mm-hmm. I mean, if you recorded my house, I mean, not, don't do that, but all right, Alexa, chill. Um, but like, it's one of those things If I think about it. If we recorded our conversations, I'm like, these things are so helpful yeah. and they give me an advantage. 
he thinks about things that I never think about. And I mean, he, he works hard and he works a lot. And at the end of the day, he always makes time for me in terms of, Hey, I gotta, um, I'm going on this podcast. What about this? What do you think? He's my sounding board. He's my biggest fan. He's right there at my Peloton class and Sundays with love. He's at love squad events. He sometimes are the only guy there, but he's fine with it. You know, he is my number one fan. Um, my mom who's listening is like, no, he's not. Um, (laughs) But But yes, outside of being a vibe, he offers insight and perspective that otherwise I would have a hard time receiving. And so I am very grateful and it's a blessing to have him. And I will say this, not everything's all roses in the terms of sometimes we have those secret weapons and we don't know it. And it takes us a while to realize that they're not giving you critical feedback or just because they're not calling you beautiful doesn't mean you're not. It's just like, you need to learn how to teach them to give you feedback that you can receive and understand. The only bad feedback is feedback you don't understand. And so it took us a while to figure out communication of like, okay, what you're saying and what I'm saying, is that the same thing? Do you hear exactly what I'm saying? Because what he was saying for a while, I wasn't understanding the way he was saying it. And so it took some time for us to get to that point. And I look back on those, those years and I'm very grateful that he kept persisting and giving me feedback and saying, hey, you want this and I want that for you and let's do it together. And vice versa, I'm there right there with him. I'm like, this is what you expect. This is what you're doing with your career. Here's how, here's what it looks like. Here's how it feels. And offering feedback and being open to that feedback that doesn't always feel good, but yeah. I want to get better. And so he, and so does he want, you know, he wants yeah. me to get better. So I love that. I do. Uh, yeah. It's a special relationship. He's pretty, he's a vibe. Oh my God. <laughs> he's a vibe. He's a smart vibe too. Mm-hmm. I mean, top five sexiest things about someone. Yeah. I feel like what's number one. It's a good question. I'll get back to you. Okay. <laughs> no, I That's feel a like good it's, one. it's also for me, it's like being able to like for them to truly see me, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that, that involves that like deep conversation. You know what I mean? That involves honesty and it doesn't always have to be like, oh, you're so beautiful. All the positive things. It's really like about being invested in a relationship and like wanting to grow with the person. So having those conversations, I think is like very sexy, you know, I'm thinking about (laughs) what I think is the sexiest thing. Yeah. I want to know now. Like, what's the first thing you notice? I think that's a good starting point. Now I've like changed the conversation. Confidence. Confidence. Mm-hmm. Confidence, for sure. Sense of humor is key. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. I just like when they're like doing their own shit. Like when, you know what I mean? If everyone's like, has their own opinion, does their own thing, like just is like enough of themselves that it's like attractive, you know? I don't know. Justin's so hot. So that's like, <laughs> my fiance is fine. <laughs> so it didn't really take much, but. Um, <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> I'm crazy. Um, what are you looking forward to this year? Like what's going on for you 2020? One of the things that just is pretty spectacular, I think we were talking about it, is like, I've recently been not moving away because I still do a lot of panels, but a lot of people have been asking me to do keynote and very individualized um workshops. And I think that that's pretty dope and pretty special. And so I'm continue. I'm looking forward to continuing doing that, really exercising my craft, uh, being able to articulate my, myself even better, even more, making sure that I'm making a connection from what I'm saying and to what the audience is receiving is really important. Providing antidotal things, making sure that there's an exercise where people can walk away with something that they can practice, rehearse, and then make their own in terms of a line or again, all antidotal. So I, I, I'm really looking forward to many more opportunities like that where I get to be on stage by myself because anything that scares me, I'm always like, put me first. And so for a while, I, you know, I'm a performer clearly, but speaking on stage for an hour can seem terrifying. Yeah. But I got a lot to say. I got a lot to say, girlfriends, and I'm ready to share it with the world. And so that's what I'm looking forward most is I'm in this phase of feedback uh, and in this phase of practice, Aww. practicing mm-hmm. what I think and, and really allowing people to poke holes and why I believe what I believe so so that I'm having true conversations internally and externally oh I love that so proud of you so thank proud. you I'm excited to see that 
I'm happening. trying. I know. And I've you're like, doing. I'm mm-hmm. doing. I'm doing. Hello. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> it's like, what? It's happening. And it's truly. Anyone who's listening is like, how that's the comic. How do you mm. do it all? I don't do it all. I just do a little bit each day. And that's it. And I don't get too caught up. I do get again, I get down on myself. I cry. I feel like nothing I do matters. I get into those, yeah, like I course. get I have anxiety. We all do these things and just know that you're not alone. And every day a little bit makes a whole. So keep going. Keep providing what you need even when you feel like well no one's giving me what I need like keep providing it you're teaching people how to treat you and how to treat themselves and once they're able to treat themselves the way they they need to be treated they'll treat you that they'll treat you that way back so being an example like I said is hard but let's continue to do it and let's do it for each other I love that where can they connect with you babe Allie Miss Love on Instagram of course follow Love Squad at Love Squad on Instagram and lovesquad.com subscribe to the newsletters that's a great way if you're in the city or if we're in your town and I know a lot of people are like come to my city we're small we're young and strappy we're trying to figure it out so we will but I always say you know keep it small for as long as you can because you don't want to get too big too quickly and we believe that so yeah lovesquad.com sign up for the newsletter at love squad at ally miss love love to engage yeah Perfect. thank you so much yeah thank you for thank you here. you're so Keep amazing i'm so glad you. we had that camera on you the whole time uh, hello. and this stunning. view is amazing it's a vibe it's a vibe it's a vibe we're truly having a vibe thank you so much babe. yes so much fun thank you all right, we'll all right see we you love next you guys time. we'll see you soon bye, bye. thank you ally we love you. You sweet angel. AllieLove.com, A-L-L-Y, love.com, and then lovesquad.com. And we have a review of the week. Thank you so much for taking the time to write a review. Just pausing this episode. If you know this free content has been valuable to you, it would mean so much to us if you just gave us a five-star review. We love you. Bree says, amazing and inspiring five stars. I found almost 30 podcasts when I was in a rut and looking for some serious pod inspiration. Krista and Lindsay dive into so many relatable topics and hosts, uh, host guests that are truly eye-opening and inspiring. Thanks for motivating me to get back to my best self. Thank you, Brie. Love you. Love you all. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you on the next one. See you soon.